welcome to Wild Tater, the food forest podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway. Today we're going to talk about the hosta, or hosta, depending on how you pronounce it. Where in the world you are may determine how you pronounce it, but uh, specifically we're going to talk about the hosta longipes, or longipes, or however that's pronounced. It's spelled, I, every time I see it, I think it says longpipes because it looks like long pipes, but it's missing that middle P, so it's long pipes. Anyway, this one is particularly interesting among all hostas because it is edible. So let's talk about it. First off, it's a ground cover layer. It will only get about nine inches tall and 12 inches wide. So it's, it's even wider than it is tall, but it makes a good ground cover because of that. It is hardy to zones three through eight which means it can withstand cold down to negative 40 degrees. It enjoys soil pH of 6.0 to 7.0. Its watering needs are medium. What it really likes is once a week to get a really deep watering. That's what it prefers. Its blooming season or flowering season is late summer to early fall. The harvest season is spring because you're going for the early leaves and stems. The harvest age would be about one year if you've planted them. Wait a year before you harvest, but uh, um, after about a year, you should be able to harvest. Again, be gentle on the harvest. Um, We'll talk about the specifics of what you're harvesting, but 20% is a good rule of thumb so that you're not just swiping the whole plant because that will kill it it if you do that too often. Now, if you are trying to pollinate these for seed, these don't grow a fruit but uh, that, that you're going to want to eat, but, uh, but they do grow seed, and they're kind of funny because they are self-pollinating, but the flowers only stay open for a day. So they, it's like they only want to be self-pollinated. They don't want anybody to touch them, which is kind of funny because when they do produce seed, they're very rarely true to seed which you would think would not be the place, be the case when it is itself pollinating it. But the point is you don't need another one to produce uh, viable seed. However, as with all plants, they will always produce more seed with more plants. And besides the ground cover, if you've got just one, it's a cute little flower in the middle of everything else you got going on, which is fine too. That's probably sometimes how they go in the wild. My guess would be you'd find a patch. Like, just like you'd find a strawberry patch. Most ground covery kinds of things do grow patches. And these do grow from rhizomes as well. So they're spread by rhizome, meaning that the roots will extend out and then pop up a new one. Some people would call that suckers. Um, I hate that term just because it it sounds like, hey, sucker, you know, like uh, as if they're a negative thing when really it's like, it, it, it's like a, a duplicator it's a you know this magical amazing gift to be able to create new plants that are identical to the mother and so if you find one that's a particular color that you're just like wow that is such a vibrant purple whatever um getting those sucker plants the rhizomial uh plants they will you can even take those out and move them somewhere else if you want to or you can let them just become this thick ground cover which is generally the purpose of ground covers um, 
but as a ground cover layer that's that's what they cover is the ground and so they will spread by roots as well but again if you want to do seed um, you don't need another one but they'll help their size at maturity we mentioned is about nine inches tall 12 inches wide perfect for a ground cover or you could even call it a low herb layer if you're if you're looking for a smaller herb area their sun needs include full sun to full shade now just because they can survive in full shade does not mean they should necessarily be placed in full shade. They're not as likely to flower, which is often what people are growing it for. If you are growing it for food, they may actually, this is something, at least for most plants, and probably for hostas as well, is that in shade they tend to keep that young uh, texture and nature about them longer so if you're growing them for food perhaps maybe shade isn't the worst way to go however they're more likely to be more straggly and so forth um, but again we'll talk more about harvesting uh, in just a little bit if they could have their ideal habitat it would probably be a good mulchy sunny meadow they love that mulch that just that you know, wood chips and, and leaves and just growing in that, that rich organic matter. And, and somewhere where it also gets regular deep showers or rains. Now, a method that I found for growing things and that I think the Hosta longipes would be particularly suited for is to plant the plant in the ground, just kind of, maybe kind of shallow in the ground, but depending on the type of plant with these just enough so that their roots are covered by the ground and then just dump mulch on top of that and there's a couple of reasons for doing that one this plant loves the mulch second when water penetrates it it goes under the mulch because you know it's not going to sit on top of the mulch because it's it's very fibrous and it's very leafy and and wood chippy it'll go under and soak into the soil and then the sun hits the mulch dries out the mulch at the at the top of the mulch and at the ground level where the roots are it tends to stay wet longer and i think honestly for at least dry areas that's probably the first and foremost benefit of mulch aside from all the microbial stuff and the fungal network stuff that it does which is all great that mulch layer actually protects the soil from drying out which is huge in dry or windy areas so you know this is ideal for that kind of opportunity the hosta probably lives if you take good care of it it will leave 30 live 30 years or more and of course with those rhizomes going out it could continue indefinitely if it's you know circulating new plants all the time um, through both the rhizomes and seed dropping and so forth it is in the asparagus family which is interesting and brings us very nicely into its uses as a food because remember we're talking about food forestry here and as beautiful as these flowers are as as great as they are at bringing pollinators and as great as they are at you know being able to dodge deer and rabbits because deer and rabbits don't like to eat them um, 
and is and even though they take a little bit longer to establish than daffodils or irises would they will eventually establish themselves and as an established plant they are a fabulous eating for humans now you want to prepare them like asparagus and that's what we, what's that's what it comes down to you want to harvest the young leaves and shoots so the, that branch in the middle, young, as soon as they're coming out, and you want to harvest them and then cook them. You can pretty much cook them any way that you would cook asparagus, but I do recommend cooking. What do they taste like? Well, um, I've heard it said that they have kind of an almost sourish taste, but a very good flavor, a nice flavor. Um, with just a bit of fibrous texture. So as long as you're okay with that fibrous texture, the flavor's good, um, you're going to want to cook them, and then they're going to have just a nice taste. So, you know, these are kind of a an asparagus, you know, come along with this asparagus kind of thing, because if and if you like asparagus, you'll probably love this. If you don't like asparagus because of a weird flavor, that you find in asparagus, perhaps these you will find more agreeable simply because they are not asparagus, but they taste similar to those who like asparagus. Asparagus is kind of a funny thing because there is a particular chemical in it that uh, two-thirds of people can't taste, and so they don't, you know, they don't even know what people are complaining about with them, but those who can taste that flavor, um, don't like them. Now the Hosta Longipes, as far as I know, does not have that chemical. So you might want to give it a try. You might get an idea of what other people are tasting in asparagus. And that's not to say they taste just like them, but they're prepared like them with a, just a touch of a sour, nice flavor. Anyway, give it a try. So thank you again for listening.